Hey, welcome to episode 64 of the Thoughtcast, conversations about animation. I'm your host, Philip Elke, coming to you from northern Minnesota. Today, I'm joined by Jody Pulaski, longtime resident of the Thoughtcast. She's joining from Augusta, Georgia. How are you, Jody? I am doing well down here, and I'm excited to kind of get my hog share of the spotlight tonight because it's just you and me kind of diving into this musical sequel and i love poppy and i love branch so i'm excited to be here and cover those things with you today we're going on tour it's trolls world tour the 2020 film from dreamworks animation studios uh dreamworks actually just came out with a new movie last weekend the crudes 2 did you know that jody I didn't know that. I'm not a huge DreamWorks person, uh, so I'm not even sure like what their big lineup is. Like everybody knows, I'm really into the Disney uh, movies. I've seen pretty much everything. The only reason I actually ended up watching the original Trolls was because we um, did a spinoff event. I do uh, children's entertainment, and we did a spinoff event off of the first Trolls, and it was kind of like the Wiggles meets Blue's Clues, where we had a few really like bright, glittery, sparkly characters that danced to the different songs and covers. Um, so that's when I originally even watched this one and I, I really liked it, but I've never seen The Croods and I don't know if I've seen much of DreamWorks. Uh, they did Shrek, right? Like that's their yeah. vibe. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, no, I'm, I'm not a big DreamWorks person. Yeah, okay, okay. This, uh, I'm, we're recording this on uh, December 9th. Uh, and I'm seeing the release of Crudes 2, or I guess it's called Crudes, A New Age, is November 25th, uh, 2020. So I, uh, I honestly um, heard nothing about this until like this past week. And it's like, oh, DreamWorks has a new movie out. It, well, is it in theaters? Is it because um, Trolls World Tour was interesting in that it totally... Uh, bypassed theaters and went straight to uh, video rental uh, for like a $20 rental fee uh, in lieu of the theatrical run because, you know, seeing a movie in theaters, you pay upwards of $15 in some cases to see a a movie per ticket. Um, But, you know, with coronavirus uh, back in April when this movie was scheduled to be released, uh, there were no theaters open practically. And, um, so, so, you know, you, you pay a little more than you would the price of a movie ticket to see this major, you know, what would have been kind of a typical blockbuster release from Universal Studios. And, uh, you can get the family together and, uh, sit down and watch a, a new release for 20 bucks. Uh, is that something you did, Jody? <laughs> Um, I didn't pay to watch this one, but I am kind of all there for this sort of format. I really didn't mind it for Mulan. That was one that came out that was kind of a direct uh, to streaming. I got to watch this, uh, I think it was on Hulu or Netflix. It was it was, it was free for me to watch at this point. Yeah. But to me, like, streaming directly, like, it does change the experience. But for a movie like this, like, I don't think I would have ever wanted to see this in theaters because like, it's a very loud, bright, obnoxious 
type vibe. And I don't think I could handle being around like 400 children while watching it. I'm happy I could watch it straight from my house. Yeah. I, uh, you know, put down the $30 for Mulan when that premiered. I did not see Trolls World Tour until just this past week uh, on Hulu. It's available to watch there. And um, I had never seen the original Trolls, which was a oh. 2016 release from DreamWorks. Yeah, I, you know, we talk a lot about animation. Well, we last caught up with a DreamWorks film with uh, Abominable last okay. year. Uh, That's do you quite still, a while ago. Yeah, do you remember that very well? I mean, you, you were on the episode. Does it hold up for you? <laughs> yeah, I... I like the animation style, so I can remember images of it, but the overall plot is forgettable to me. Yeah. And, you know, the same could go with this movie. I, I really like the visuals, but the storyline is not that memorable. So, mm. so no, I don't. I couldn't, I couldn't relay enough information to dive back into that one today. Yeah. Um, the top of my head. This is Trolls World Tour's DreamWorks 38th animated film. Um, it did have a limited theatrical release as theater started to open back up but um predominantly made its money via streaming uh and it had a 90 to 100 million dollar budget it's pretty significant it looks pretty good i thought um the visuals mm -hmm. were impressive very colorful um does this are you familiar with even like the source material for trolls jody do you know anything about like the toys um so there's a toy line that these are based on Oh, the toy line, I don't know where they got the idea for this, but the toy line for Trolls is huge. If you were to walk through Target right now, I mean, you'd have your little Frozen section, your little Cars section, but you would definitely find a chunk of Trolls Poppy type merchandise. And I totally understand it. It's really appealing, especially, I don't want to make it gender specific, but for little girls to have these rainbows and big sparkly flowers and just kind of this all out there Jojo Siwa vibe. Mm. Um, the toys are really, really popular. Um, and the music from these, both of these shows has been really, really popular. Kids really love the upbeat pop vibe. Mm. So even if you don't love the movie, I'm sure your children, like even if your kids didn't really like the movie itself, I'm sure they still are obsessed with the toys. They, they, there's a big following for that stuff. Yeah, the original movie grossed around $130 million domestically. Uh, imagine it did more than double that worldwide. Um, but like this movie apparently made around $100 million in its first uh, month plus streaming. And that yielded approximately, um, well, slightly more than the domestic run of the first Trolls. Um, and that was without a theatrical run. So uh, it was a, uh, a smart choice on Universal's part to skip theaters uh, with Trolls World Tour. Um, and it was uh, also controversial for them to simply, you know, do this uh, unilaterally without really convincing or uh, <laughs> consulting movie theaters. I mean, it makes sense. The movie theaters aren't open there. You know, what can they do? Um, but I think there was some major controversy between some of the major movie theater chains and Universal when uh, Universal made it seem as though they planned on 
um, doing this type of thing um, more and more frequently going forward. And so there, there have been a few drama uh, spats, but <laughs> dramatic spats between uh, studios and theater chains over the past several months over how, um, you know, to not totally, you know, <laughs> make the uh, theater chains unhappy. Uh, by right. these, it's a really yeah. difficult, difficult time for like entertainment in general. I mean, from Broadway, like you said, to releasing these films that have been being worked on for years. It's mm -hmm. just like a lot of probably really difficult decisions. And at the end of the day, I mean, everyone's just trying to like make money and stay afloat. So I think they made the right choice for this. And even if some theaters were disgruntled with the decision, I mean, what, what else are you going to do? I mean, 2020, it's everything's just so um, up in the air. And it, it is hard to say like how soon things will get back to the way they were. I mean, nothing will really be totally the same, but um, yeah, I'm, we're wanting to get back to some semblance of normalcy and it's taken longer than anticipated. So now we're seeing uh, companies like Warner Brothers announcing that their entire roster of films for 2021 will be made available on their streaming service, HBO Max, uh, oh. concurrently with theatrical release. Yeah, and... Uh, I did not know that. <laughs> the, the debut of those films on HBO Max will be similar to a theatrical release where they'll have a limited window where they'll, they'll be available on that service, and then they'll be pulled from the service after around a month. Um, and at the same time that they'll be in theaters. And I'm sure for a lot of these films in 2021, a lot of theaters will still be closed. Uh, so uh, that's just a whole, uh, I don't know, negotiation that has to happen to you know, make sure that um, uh, th you know, theater chains don't just uh, get shut out of the whole- uh... I know, I would, I would really hate that. Like I said, for a movie like this, I don't mind it at all. Like this isn't something I would really want to pay to see in theaters anyway, but there are yeah. some movies where I need to be in that dark, big room surrounded by people experiencing these highs and lows with me. So like, yeah. I really hope that if they do disappear for a while or they take a beating that they, they find a way to come back just like everything else mm -hmm. in the entertainment world right now. But I mean, yeah. back to trolls. This is, this is a one that can kind of make you forget about the sadness of 2020 because mm -hmm. you're just blasted with funky music and, and really creative characters. So I kind of forgot about 2020 being sad until now. <laughs> yeah. Um, the trolls, uh, I guess IP is based on a uh, toy created by Thomas Dam from Denmark. Uh, his company is called Dam Things. <laughs> uh, now, are these the trolls that had the little gem belly buttons? I I think so. I th like the little plastic like, ones with the hair? Because I had those growing up. Okay. But these trolls look a lot different. Well... The credits say that this is based on Good Luck Trolls, created by Thomas Dam, uh, which began in 1959. Uh, Dam couldn't afford Christmas gifts for his daughter, so he carved 
a little troll made out of wood and um, other people saw it and requested their own and then these carved trolls caught on. Eventually they manufactured a plastic version. Um, hmm. Yeah, became I had them the... growing up. I think they're super cute. And I like these uh, new versions too, but I always thought it was sort of funny that they were naked. Like as a kid, <laughs> I was just raised in a very like, I guess pretty conservative family. So I was like, why don't my trolls like have clothes? Cause they were almost always naked, I think. Yeah. Um, th yeah. They were kind of just like, I don't know, cute little good luck charms. They um, became one of the United States biggest toy fads from the autumn of 1963 until uh, 1965. But then they've hung around since then. I mean, they were, uh, I guess, uh, present when I was younger. I remember that. I, I don't ever remember being really interested in these trolls. They're kind of, <laughs> some of them are kind of ugly looking. And there are a lot of variations, which this uh this film plays with like it opens up on a scene of a bunch of mermaid or mer people trolls underwater uh do you remember like that being a thing i don't remember it i just remember the short and stout kind of tan everyday trolls with different color hair and belly buttons that's what I'm remembering. But, but I mean, for this, they kind of had to create a bunch of different universes so they really could go all over with the variety of trolls. Yeah. Yeah. The good luck troll, like they've got kind of these very derpy looking faces, like the original ones. Um, mm -hmm. They're not, they're not that cute looking. They look a little bit like frogs. Um, but of course they look like trolls. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Like a troll trolls aren't supposed to be super cute, but um, you know, these have a certain charm. I guess it's kind of like Baby Yoda, where he's got kind of a... Uh, right, a little bit wrinkly, a little squished mm -hmm. type of a, of a look. Yeah, and honestly, that is kind of a baby look. I mean, babies to me aren't that cute when they're born. So yeah, to each their own with these little wrinkly guys. Mm -hmm. Yeah, speak for yourself. I was a gorgeous baby. No, <laughs> <laughs> um, let's see. I'm looking at one that is wearing a wizard outfit. So they, they clearly weren't all naked. Um, but with these films, they've undergone a bit of a, like a DreamWorks, you know, modern animation aesthetic makeover to make them cuter, more appealing. Um, you've got these characters, Branch and Poppy, the, I'm guessing the main protagonist from the first film. I remember mm -hmm. from seeing trailers and such, Branch played by... Justin Timberlake and Poppy by Anna Kendrick. Uh, and they're known as uh, actors as well as mus musicians, uh, uh, signifying the musical theme of these films. Um, yeah, uh, what do you think? Are you fans of, are you a fan of their music? Yeah, I mean, I'm a fan in the sense that, like, I've heard their music. I, I don't really know. I, as I was watching this, I was trying to think of, like, if I had to put myself in a fandom of a certain genre or kind of think about who I would have been. I, I honestly don't know. I like a little bit of everything. So, yeah, I liked them, but I wasn't, like, a mega fan. Yeah, we get the obligatory appearance of James Corden in an animated uh, DreamWorks film or something of that ilk, uh, as he's what Mr. Biggie or something. Biggie, uh, we get um, who plays uh, Guy Diamond. I, I didn't get the actor. Guy uh, Diamond. I know. I think it's like Kanu. 
Mm. Nyar. Yeah. Oh, okay. Don't Kunal. Say the names. Uh, yeah. It looks like, <laughs> there you go. It looks like uh, I. Yeah, I'm, I don't really recognize this uh, actor, but I think it's like Kunal Nayar um, from Big Bang Theory, which I've never seen. Oh, okay. <laughs> yes, I've seen a couple episodes of that. It's it's very not funny to me. But um, but Kelly Clarkson is in this vocal cast too, as well as uh, Mary J. Blige. And now that I think about it with Anna Kendrick, even though I wasn't like a pitch perfect fan, she was actually in um, Sondheim's Into the Woods when mm. Disney did the live action version of that. And she was in another um, musical recently as well called The Last Five Years, which oh. is kind of like an off-Broadway um, show that they made into film. So I, re I do like her in musical theater. I think I just wasn't a pitch perfect fan. So I want to retract yeah. what I said about not being a fan. It just depends yeah. on what she's singing. I've never seen pitch perfect. I did see into the woods. Uh, she's, she's good. Like she's got kind of a mm -hmm. musical theater sort of. Yeah. Uh, way about her. So it's uh, she uh, is a good pick for these types of roles. Yeah, very bubbly. Like, I do think she was the perfect voice for Poppy because she does seem like this, like, smaller type person that has a ton of energy kind of, like, mm -hmm. bursting at the seams. Mm -hmm. And you can hear it coming out in, in the Poppy character. I think Justin Timberlake is obviously, like, a huge name for Branch, but I didn't think it was, like, as necessarily, like, perfectly fitting because, mm -hmm. like, Branch is kind of a downer, and I don't <laughs> picture, like, Justin Timberlake as a downer, you know? Mm -hmm. Yeah, I mean he's he got some edge to him, and uh, yeah, I don't know. <laughs> he uh, he's not quite uh, Lincoln Park style, um, but he you know yeah he uh, is a, an accomplished actor in his own right, so he can kind of fill whatever role is tasked of him. Uh, we've got Rachel Bloom as Barb, the queen of the rock. They refer to them as, as tribes, essentially. Uh, the tribes. Yeah, they call them tribes. But then their leaders are typically given their monarch names. Um, you get Queen, Queen Barb, King Quincy, uh, Queen Essence. Uh, those characters uh, with some major celebrities behind them, George Clinton and Mary J. Blige, respectively. Um, let's see, yeah, we have... Oh, gosh, the whole assortment of characters returning from the previous film to Ron Funches. Fun, is that how you pronounce his name? I'm I'm not too familiar. He's a comedian. It's not it's not Funches. <laughs> Sorry, I'm uh, I'm kind of a uh, uh, gosh. I'm but, the person yeah. who has to look up the like phonic pronunciation of a name before I like mm -hmm. even dare say it because I will get it wrong. <laughs> yeah. Um, he does a lot of stuff. Uh, but I know their names, like, their names in the movie aren't so hard, like Hickory and mm -hmm. Dickory. I can remember that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. We have uh, Sam Rockwell as Hickory and uh, Flula Borg as Dickory. They're these, uh, I mean, that's one of the wilder gags in the film where mm -hmm. they're pretending to be this species of centaur uh troll which that might have been a thing right kind of combining. i think so um that's when they first get to the kind of like country world um when poppy ends up there uh i saw them walking around with the horses that centaur style and i do think that there were if it 
I'm not sure if it would have been the same brand of toy, but there's definitely toys that are half human, half horse, half troll. Uh huh. Well, uh, <laughs> he was not a real centaur troll as we find out he was the ultimate scammer yeah all the spoiler alerts um yeah it's i i don't i can't say like unless you have like kids you know you can probably skip this one i had until now and i just thought it might be kind of interesting to check out for the the context surrounding um you know the, the interesting release with the way 2020 has gone and um, I don't know. It makes for kind of a fun pick me up if you're feeling down, but I, I think so too. The world, the world itself. And this is what I really liked yeah. in the original one is really one of a kind. The way that the animation is like a mixture of like embroidery and fuzzy gunk and felt looking, it, it looks like this whole world was really made out of your grandma's like old sewing scraps in a way you see buttons and, uh, quilts uh, are making up the mountains when they visit the, the country area. So like, even if the plot sucks and the music is like nonstop covers, mm -hmm. the world itself is, is really interesting and really unique. So that's, that's my favorite part about both of these movies is how creative they've, they've made these lands. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It's the animation is meant to kind of imitate the real life textures of real life materials, yeah, fabrics and such. It's kind of like the Lego movie where it looks like these are actual plastic toys coming to life on screen or, or even Toy Story, especially with the latest one, Toy Story 4, which incorporates a lot of photoreal looking elements. Um, the, the Lego Star Wars holiday special didn't quite go so far <laughs> as to achieving this uh that photorealistic color aesthetic but this uh this does that a little bit more so um it's not like it's, it's not supposed to appear stop motion although there's one character that does have that kind of look to it that's the, the penny whistle um do you know i that? love the penny whistle <laughs> see i it's weird how you can like like a lot of different things about a movie, but still think the movie isn't that good. Because there are a lot of scenes like meeting the penny whistle or meeting the different leaders of these like funky leaders, pop, rock, whatever, mm -hmm. that are really just so creative. But it, I don't know, I just feel like the people who wrote the script or kind of like pulled it all together, they just didn't care that much. Like they knew if they threw enough songs in it and enough glitter on it, like people would would watch it. Do you know what I'm saying? Like the story is sort of about for anyone who's seen it. And I mean, for Philip and I, just like uh, all these people are coming from different lands are kind of scattered over six groups and they're all separate and they want to like bring together harmony, but there's like a power struggle. I'm not explaining it very well, <laughs> but the plot I think is just like lacking. I don't know. It's, it just it's, seemed, yeah. Um, and it was, it was kind of like nonstop too. Like there was never really a quiet moment except for like when they're trying to rapidly build up some type of like character remorse. I, I don't know. Like I told Philip when we started like recording tonight, I just feel like it's movies like this. It's like the reason why kids have attention issues sometimes because unlike like the old Disney movies are just like the more classically like child 
stories. Like, mm-hmm. it's just like too much going on. Like, it's a lot going on. It's cute and it's fun, but it's like too much for me. Yeah, um, I guess you could you know, mark it down as a bit characteristic of everything that is wrong with Hollywood. If you want to put your thinking caps on and write a big um, YouTube essay on why, uh, how, you know, the creativity at major studios is in decline and so forth. Uh, I mean, I don't know. It's, it's not, I don't think uh, for me, harbinger of the end of, you know, cinema or anything like that. It's just, yeah, it's, it's a little bit of a, a squeaky looking product. Um, very specifically tailored to serve a purpose for a specific audience. Um, you know, that being like young kids. And yeah, if, if you feel like kids watching this aren't going to really feel enriched by it, but more just kind of stimulated and, act as if they've just kind of downed a few pixie sticks and that's <laughs> <laughs> or cotton candy cotton candy makes an appearance throughout this yeah yeah then then that's yeah maybe a sign that we could try a little harder with these things um and there were some elements i i liked but but yeah i mean the jokes weren't what all did that you funny. like like what was kind of like what was something that kind of kept you going in the scenes? Like, did you like a character or did you like the covers? I, I liked Barb um, as much as that whole plot rings a little thin. Like, and, and her father is played by Ozzy Osbourne, King Thrash. Oh, really? Oh, I love cast. that. <laughs> I didn't know that. Yeah. That's fun. But I'm a fan of that kind of 80s punk rock aesthetic and, and that type of music and like how people who are fans of that type of music tend to bemoan uh, the pop genre and how it's, you know, soulless and it's like an earworm that crawls into your head. <laughs> I don't know. And it was kind of funny how like she just said that line so sincerely. It's like an earworm, which everyone knows what an, e- an earworm is now just a popular term for a song that just is so catchy you can't help but get it stuck in your head uh, but taylor <laughs> swift is the master of earworms i used to yeah. think i didn't like taylor swift until i realized i know every word to every song because she has the perfect way of having those little hooks and those little mm-hmm. verses that stick right in you so yeah when she when barb was going on and on about pop i was like yeah, I, that is sort of true. But I, I like pop, but I, it, it is a earworm sometimes. <laughs> yeah, um, and sometimes it's, it's like catchy and it feels good for a, a moment, but it, it can ring superficial and, and some of these songs just kind of come and go. And <laughs> that's especially uh, something that rang true and, and intentionally so. And I thought this was a pretty you know, clever moment when the pop trolls arrive at the country uh, music um, nation and, and like are having to put on a demonstration of their music because the country music to them is unsatisfying. It's, it's too down. It's too depressing. Um, and, and so like they put together this little medley, you know, Poppy Branch and, you know, the, the, re- the gang of songs that include like, 
party rock anthem and who let the dogs out and that one uh tell me what you want Yokom Gango style. oh yeah gangnam style is that the spice girls who, who did the uh, tell me what you want they go like tell me what you want what you really really want no, yeah. tell me what you want yeah the, <laughs> yes i think that is the spice girls yeah dating myself here <laughs> and it's like who let the dogs out? talk about like niche <laughs> and and not i mean i guess that was the baja men um but you know they didn't really stick around and these were just like the ultimate you know disposable <laughs> bits of pop art of their time um you know there's a certain nostalgia that for these things because like i think when something becomes just such an extraordinary hit and it really saturates the culture it 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 does sort of develop its own status as like a classical work even if like um constructively uh, compositionally it's maybe <laughs> a bit flimsy it's something like who let the dogs out it's like i i don't think i would ever just pull that up on spotify unless like i'm feeling in a weird mood and like want something that just reminds me of where I was at in like year 1999 or 2000, whatever. Philip, that like, let me tap into your memory <laughs> of where you heard who let the dogs out. We What's were that? in our gym class in elementary school running our 10 little laps and Mr. Beacon would play <laughs> who let the dogs out who who and us yeah. like third and fourth graders were like jogging our hearts out all around the little um, gymnasium. Mm -hmm. That's where I remember listening to that song. Like I don't know why but that, that's when and when. And I, I thought this moment of like these pop trolls criticizing the country trolls would ultimately be subverted by the country trolls then showing later on like no we in fact we country trolls really know how to party down just w just you wait until we open up but but that never really happened so it was kind of disappointing i mean it all kind of climaxes at the end in all the trolls of the various nations because they've all been captured by queen barb and brought to this i don't know the temple concert, where they, like this yeah this concert concert <laughs> they're performing what would you call that i mean i'm not a huge concert person but uh like a festival. There's one, like, yeah, like, like a festival. Oh, like, what um, is like a big rock type festival that people go to? <laughs> Coachella. Okay, sure. Coachella, but like rock, rock oh, style. Okay. Um, I know there's like a, hey, yeah. this is like just showing how like not cultured we are. But yeah, let's just go with Coachella because like that's a popular like music festival that people know. But essentially, yeah, Barb ends up bringing like all these people over there and she brings together these chords and she turns them into zombies, like zombie mm -hmm. trolls. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And so she can have the power. I don't know. It's yeah. Interesting how the solution is to just turn every one of these mindless um just kind of uh mooks her these um just helpless kind of henchmen I, I yeah i don't know what the appeal would be to just have a bunch of zombies that you're in control of but you know you gotta you gotta plot somehow <laughs> Yeah, the the plot may have been lacking, but the big like ultimate like turnaround was that Poppy had her little gumdrop earplugs in, so she didn't turn into a zombie. 
uh, and yeah. then boom, like the day was saved. But that like that just shows that the story itself was like, eh. <laughs> yeah. Okay. There's there's like a plot in this uh, Toy Story spinoff called Buzz Lightyear of Star Command, which premiered with like a feature length. Uh, essentially an episode of the TV show uh, featuring the voice talent of Tim Allen, who did not play Buzz on the actual uh, cartoon show. But like when the evil emperor Zerg is casting this beam across the galaxy and like when people are hit by this beam, they essentially turn into like these mindless versions of, uh, of Zerg. And it's almost as if he can like transfer his consciousness into these, um, zombies these sort of hive uh drones <laughs> that he's taken over and i wonder if it's something similar to that like i it, it just i i guess uh in guardians of the galaxy 2 ego does something similar that's um chris pratt's character star lord you know his um shall we say his nemesis in that film wants to do something similar um, and yeah, I, I guess um, if your goal is to have total control over the uh, over your underlings, um, then that could simply mean just like sharing, spreading your consciousness to all these other entities. Um, which, but where's the yeah. fun in that? Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> like nobody wants to. It's like having someone fall in love with you, but because you gave them a love potion, like okay. That sucks. Do you know what I mean? Like, yeah. I wouldn't want to, I mean, I wouldn't do it that way, but it was Barb's idea. But she, you know doesn't, what, yeah, like, she just, doesn't understand love or relationships, but yeah, continue. Right. Oh, she kind of does because she talks about how like, it's earlier in the film. She, when Poppy wants to be friends with Barb, uh, Barb's like, doesn't she know that friendship comes from being there for each other and like years of caring or something like that. Like, okay. do you know what I'm talking about? Like, isn't there a scene yeah. where Barb is kind of ranting on and on? Yeah. But I was going to say, aside from all these things that I'm sort of like, meh, humming and hawing at, what I really did like, and I thought was kind of a cute, important lesson that they pulled in here for everyone, was that a leader listens and a leader's job is not just to like perform, but to like hear from everyone else because Poppy she's not really paying attention to what everyone's sort of telling her what she should do throughout her mm. journey. Do you know what I mean? Mm. And then um, Branch sort of calls her out on that and says, well, you can't be a good queen because you're not a very good listener. Mm. And I, I think that's a, I mean, it's probably a really basic little lesson, but I thought that was good because it's easy to want to be a leader and it's kind of harder sometimes to sit back and be quiet and soak things in and then lead from there. Do you know what I mean? Oh yeah. I thought that was a good, a good little. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Thing. Important thing for kids. Lesson. Yeah. Lean. Yeah. Um, yeah. I like that. I liked um, the, this had like a good diversity message. I thought um, about you know, yeah. what that really means. Like the, the healthy sort of unity that these different nations of trolls should share, you know, I right, guess they're you're right. She said something about um, I don't remember who said it, but by acknowledging the differences, like that's important. Like saying, like, oh, like I don't see the big differences. Like we're all the same. Mm -hmm. But the message being that no, like we're different, but that's what makes us special. And like you should see those differences because the differences is where the beauty 
lies and where the unification can come from is from being different. Yeah, you're right. I really liked that too. So see, there, there were some good morals thrown in with, with the glitter. (laughs) Yeah. King Quincy and Queen Essence um, kind of communicated that message and they were explaining their uh, community, the tribe of, um, so I guess the six tribes that are listed in the film are techno which are the underwater tribe, country, uh, the centaurs, the uh, funk, and, and funk are like the uh, <laughs> the quadrupedal yeah, creatures. Weird. Yeah, um, what are they? Little giraffe, don- 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 <laughs> giraffe donkeys. I don't know. They trapped them in a bubble. Yeah, it was weird. Co- Cooper. <laughs> I didn't like that world. Yeah, they're born from eggs. They're hatched from eggs, wearing hats, funky hats. Uh, Cooper, yeah. voiced by. Uh, Ron Funches, I'm guessing, had an arc in the first film where he's like trying to figure out just who he is <laughs> as a troll because he's so different from everyone else. Um, mm-hmm. I'm guessing serves sort of the role of like Donkey from Shrek, seemed like a similar archetype. Um, and then there's the classical trolls, uh, pop and rock. So there can be no other genres. <laughs> <laughs> well that was what uh bugged my mom she was like well what about jazz what about reggae you know but they did have these off genres that kind of came into play throughout the film too so they, they pulled in something for everyone yeah the point is that like the six strings that kind of are the basis for the troll civilization are capable of playing any kind of music it just so happened that these kind of six tribes formed on their own when a certain type of troll wanted to take all six strings uh, for their own. Um, and so like the other elders, you know, there were only five other strings. So they all kind of broke apart and formed these five other tribes when they broke away from the one kind of rogue band of trolls. Um, and that's all explained um, in, in the film. Uh, yeah, it's, it's kind of like Avatar, The Last Airbender, where now you have the one kind of r- belligerent tribe. And ironically, the, the, this flashback scene of the tribes splitting apart into the six uh, wasn't precipitated by the rock tribe. Um, I won't spoil the pop. Oh, okay. Oh, whoops. <laughs> Never mind. <laughs> Guys, let okay. us just spoil it for you. Like, it, it's being spoiled. Like, sorry, it's the pop. <laughs> but, but now, but now the rock tribe is the bad, uh, they're the bad guys. Kind of like the Fire Nation and like Avatar, The Last Airbender from, with the four elements and so forth. Um, so yeah, it's, it's pretty basic. But um, I know, uh, Jody, you kind of got to get going and I'm happy to make this a bit of a shorter episode, but it was fun to chat about some very poppy, uh, Poppy. disposable entertainment. You could say, I don't know. I don't want to disparage this. Well, now, well, now when people who like walk past the merchandise, they want to think about it. We've told them a little bit about the movie so they don't have to watch it. Like it was, Mm -hmm. it was worth discussing. And, And like I said, it's worth seeing if you want to just fill your brain with high beat covers and rainbows, you know, Yeah, it would get you out of a slump, I think. Some, uh, some good music um, and yeah, exactly. Check it out on Hulu, uh, directed by Walt Dorm, who's known for voicing Stiltskin in Shrek 4, who I thought was a, f- a fun uh, performance. 
this is his second film after the first Trolls. Uh, Walt Dorm seems like a fun hang. Um, this uh, this uh, director, so I, I wish him well. How do you go from voicing one like character to directing two amazing, well, not two amazing, but like huge movies? I want well, to know his story now. He he was an animator at DreamWorks who also happened mm-hmm. to just nail this one particular character voice because uh, a lot of these guys like they do the scratch dialogue when they're making these films until like they actually get the celebrities to come in and record the dialogue, but they never found a celebrity who did a good enough job with Rumpelstiltskin. So they just left him as the voice, which I love. I don't know what the voice is because I'm not a DreamWorks person or a Shrek person, but good for him. He really like is turning the big world around. He's having his big world tour now with with trolls and everything else. So yeah, yeah, it was a good one, bright one. And and we like on this show, you know, we tend to focus on some of the superficial things like the voice talent who certainly don't do the lion's share of the work on these films, which is mostly done by the animation studio staff and, and the artists who are constantly hard at work. But it's like, you know, it's these people aren't celebrities. They aren't, um, you know, uh, one moment, I gotta take this. If you need to go, I can sign off. Oh myself. no, I'll tell these people. I'll tell these people that I gotta go. Okay. So Philip has to take a call, but we're grateful that you guys joined us. You can find us on the podcast, or you can find me sometimes on Instagram. It's Jody J O D I Pulaski P O L A S K O I, and hopefully we'll be back in a week or so. And I'm guessing Philip's gonna delete my ending and make his own. But thanks for joining us, and warm hugs. Thank you so much, Jody, for joining. Yes, um, you can find the Thodcast at thodcast.com. Listen on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, SoundCloud, Spotify, Stitcher Radio. And I'm your host, Philip Elke. You can find me on Twitter and Instagram at Philip Elke. And you can find the Thodcast at Thodcast. Thank you so much to you, the listener, for joining with us today. Um, you all out there have a magical day and a wonderful week. Warm hugs, everybody. Everybody.